Hi everyone. Welcome. Where am I looking? Hi. <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome to the show. Today we have Luke Jacobsma. He is a professional fitting model slash fit model. He's also owner of Mannequin Models, which is an agency specifically for fit models. And he's also a high performance coach for men. And if you're watching this and you're a single woman and you're wondering, yes, Luke is single. He's 38. He lives in Huntington Beach and he doesn't have any kids. Well, first, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> what an intro. I love it. Thank you. People want to know. Thank you. Yeah, uh, glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. And I think we tend to be very work-focused people, but today we're going to talk about dating and relationships, marriage, divorce. Yeah, the other part of life. (laughs) Yeah, an important part of life. So thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm glad glad we're doing this. Yeah. It's been a while. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of my listeners, well, they tend to be high performers, but a lot are women, and they do love hearing from men. Thank you for coming on and agreeing to um, be so open about talking about this, because a lot of People don't. Do you, do you think so? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so vulnerable. It's, it, it, it is a very like fine line of being vulnerable, but like it is a topic that everyone deals with. Yeah. So we might as well just rip the bandaid off, talk about it all, and you know, really get real. So yeah, absolutely. I'm ready for it. Okay, so can we start talking about your first marriage? Whew, diving right in. <laughs> she pre-framed it, and then she took the shot. Okay, yeah, uh, let's do it. You want me to just run down the whole uh, yeah okay well like when did yeah how, well how old were you when you got married? So I got married in two thousand and twelve. So I was twenty nine. Okay, so um, that, that's I consider that pretty young for LA. Yeah, yeah, and we had met in two thousand and six. Okay. And from the day we met, we were just kind of like connected and never spent any day or night apart. And uh, yeah. And I proposed in 2011, got married in 2012. Um, Life happened really quickly. Being married our first year, we started a business together. We were working together, living together, married. We loved it. And fast forward to 2016, uh, it crumbled apart. Um, How do I say this nicely? One of us did not uphold our vows, and it wasn't me. Okay. And it was heartbreaking, and it was uh, costly, and it was uh, whew, it kind of earth, earth, like it shattered shattered my world a little bit for sure. Um, okay. Did so, you feel like the rug was pulled from under oh, you? Like absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to separate the difference between like my mindset in the in the moment, and also like all the the reflections that I've done afterwards. So what I've learned from the situation is different than where I was in this situation. So in in the relationship, um, we literally spent every single day together, working, running our business together, and. To me, it didn't feel like we were growing apart. Nothing seemed to change, but within her, something did. And at the end of 2016, she just kind of told me that we weren't communicating um, in a way that was right for her, and she only wanted to communicate with me if there was um, a counselor or someone else present, which really caught me by surprise. In that same conversation, she told me that she wanted to separate and, you know, take some time apart. And this is coming up on our five-year anniversary of being married. Um, and so I wanted to accommodate. I was a little taken aback, but, you know, like, okay, let's figure this out. As soon as she said she wanted a counselor, I said, you know what? 
I'm part of this relationship too, so I'm going to go seek my own counseling. Mm-hmm. And I found my own counselor mm-hmm. and started doing that immediately to see if, like, what I am contributing to this. Maybe I don't see something that she sees and she doesn't know how to articulate it to me. Yeah. So I was open to that possibility. Um, we started going to counseling. We did two sessions, and then all of a sudden she said, okay, we're good. And she still didn't want to move back in together. She still wanted to remain separated. So it was a really awkward, awkward time. We spent the holidays um, apart, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, New Year's, and, you know, just really, really distant communication between us. So it was really, really confusing time for me um, because I was, I was, in those three months that we ended up being separated, I, I read uh, two books a week on relationships and understanding like, like the dynamics of marriage and, and things that could possibly go wrong and continued counseling once a week. But uh, long story short, uh, she did say, let's get back together. Let's move down to Orange County and start over. Um, mm-hmm. I want to work this out with you. So we ended up moving back to our place together and, and trying to act what, you know, back to normal, I guess. Okay. And uh, I couldn't sleep one night after the first week, and I was just tossing and turning. And I usually put my head on the pillow, and I just go right out. So something was up. Um, I got up to go to the bathroom, and she charged her Apple Watch in the bathroom. And it lit up as I was going to the bathroom. I don't know mm-hmm. if this was, like, on purpose or coincidence or what, but it said, I love you, good night. Oh. And so that like like shook me i was like what like that just came out of left field for me so i went back to bed tried to sleep could not i woke up at four in the morning i grabbed that apple watch and i went on my morning run and i read about 40 days worth of text messages between her and someone else um confirming that they'd gone on dates confirming that they'd like slept together, confirming that they were going to continue sleeping together even after he got married to his fiance, and all kinds of things like that. So I, I didn't know what to do. I was froze. I'm heart, my, my heart is like breaking in real time as I'm reading this, discovering this. She has no idea, and I don't know what to do. So I decided to just observe and talk to her, and I didn't quit, like bring it up right away, but I knew that they were going to meet in a couple of days. So I was like, I'm going to follow them and see if this is real. Like, yeah, it's a text message, but I don't know. So I um, I rented an SUV because I couldn't follow her in my car. And I said, this is messed up, but I need to figure out the truth. So I followed her in an SUV for a couple of days, took a couple of days off of work, and ended up seeing them holding hands in public, kissing in public. And that was when, like, my heart broke, like, in, like, real time. And... I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was just a mistake. So I approached her a couple days later and I said, look, I saw you. I was there. I have photos and video. And what do you have to say? Like, is this like a mistake or what? And so she just shook her, she just shrugged her shoulders and said, and what? Like, and I just, I don't know how to describe it. I was so like in this weird, like PI mode, but also like, investigating my own relationship, watching it crumble before my very eyes. And then my heart is breaking. And then she's literally just saying, and like what? And so I I asked her like point blank, like, do you want to work this out? And she said, no. So I said, I'm out. Okay. So I left. That's, um, I, 
I have a similar experience, so I know those feelings. It's a, it's like trauma, right? Like you mm. don't know what you're feeling. Like you're you want to be logical about it, and but then everything kind of usually unravels like sometimes later, you know, like, okay, we broke up and then the healing process starts, yeah. right? And then you really go into it and it's not fun. I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah, um, it, it's, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, it was, it was definitely, it destroyed my identity. And then to make it worse, California divorce law does not like, it just cuts everything down the middle. So it was a very expensive split, which even just made it worse because it could have, it didn't have to be that way. But, um, True colors seem to have come out in mediation. They do. <laughs> like money and all that, that's it it is a thing. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about and see people's values when it comes to that. And yeah. my husband and I, we got a prenup before we got married. Just to talk about we also wrote our wills. So mm. just to talk about everything. Cause you kind of see where how people show up in that case. And it's kind of a weird conversation to have. Like, we learned a lot about each other, and luckily we were on the same page with things. But it, it is awkward, like, if any, we're, you're mapping out worst-case scenarios, right? Oh, yeah. If one of us dies, if we split, where's this money going? He's like, my niece, my, okay. You know, it's, it's funny. But it's, you, you, you do see people's true colors when okay. there's money involved and when you split and emotions involved. Do you talk anymore? Nope. Nope? I mean, occasional, she'll, like, she'll send me an occasional birthday text, um, it was actually it took me five years, but this year uh, I did finally send her a, a forgiveness text. I said, um, "You know, look, I'm I'm kind of ashamed and embarrassed that it took me this long, but like I no longer hold any like resentment or animosity or anger towards you. Um, I don't know if you need to hear this or if it's just me needing to get this off my chest, but like I just I needed to just get this out there, um, you know." For a moment, I thought you were my person, you were my forever, and to have that taken away just really shook me. And uh, she responded very nicely. She's like, "Hey, you know what? I'm really sorry. This like really brought tears to my eyes. Like I thought we were soulmates too, and I if we could go back, you know." So it was it was a good exchange, but um, that's like the most we've talked, um, other than a happy birthday text. While you were married, was communication because it sounded like you thought things were fine and she she was going through some stuff but was like she not communicating that with you during that time it didn't feel like our communication had changed there was a specific instance that she did indicate where she lost a little bit of trust in me and I'm pretty ambitious in terms of like businesses and starting businesses buying businesses and we had just started one in 2012 we were running that together in 2015 uh, 2014 um, I wanted to buy another business in Burbank with a partner and it was super cheap it wasn't even like gonna hit us hard financially but um, I went ahead and did that and she said that that specific instance um, is where she lost a little bit of trust in me because I didn't um, fully get her permission or console her much about all the details. Okay. Um, and I can see that. I can see where she's coming from on that. Okay. Did sure. you say that at the time or like after? You she said later? it afterwards, after we were split. Oh, I see. So okay. I didn't know um, that that was specifically it. So it wasn't real-time communication of what her feelings were at that moment. Okay. So that's stuff that I've learned after the fact. What else have you learned since then? <sighs> I learned that I lost myself in the relationship when we got married. And when the marriage was taken away, um, or when I left, um, I didn't know who the hell I was. 
I was, I really took a lot of pride in being a husband. I really took a lot of pride in being a partner. She was my best friend. And there was a lot of people in our, our business and in our circle that knew what was going on before me and no one told me. So I left everything. I cut everyone off. It was like a healing mechanism, I guess. Moved to Orange County by myself and started over. Mm. Um, and really just wanted to try and forget it right away. So I really just said, I'm just going to make life fun. That's it. I'm going to do anything that makes me happy. And that's the only thing I'm going to chase right now because my heart is like, is broken. And I realized that my identity was wrapped up in, in all of it. And when I was out on my own, I didn't know who I was, what I wanted, where I wanted to go. And I kind of had to unlearn a lot of things and, and relearn myself, which was really, really interesting. Really interesting. So um, I've always been like a self-development junkie and just like reading books and pushing myself and going for the latest challenge. But the one thing I didn't learn is, or one thing I did learn is that it takes a lot longer than you expect to uh, really get to know who you are, yeah. especially when you're with someone 11, 12 years, and then it's just, you get, you don't get to bring any of that with you. It's, it was, it's, it's been a, it's, it's been an interesting ride. Did you start dating right away after your divorce? I waited until the divorce was final and it was, it took about 11 months. And then I went out and tried to live my best life ever on the, on dating. Yeah. Trying to just <laughs> distract myself, I guess I had a, I had a, I definitely went crazy on, on the dating apps. Um, and it was a good year, but it was very empty. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It was like, I mean, I, I enjoyed it at the moment, but it was, I, I knew that I was just trying to distract myself. I knew that I was trying to just like kind of get over it any way that I could. Yeah. And so I thought dating would be a good way to do that, but it did not leave any, leave me any fulfillment or any progress in healing. And so. well, I asked that because you had mentioned you were going to have fun and live your best life. And I, find that with a lot of my guy friends. I think men more than women tend to do that where I, it's easier to always deceive from the outside, right? I'm like, like, are you okay? You're like, are you healed? And they're just like, yeah, I'm going to go today. I'm like, are you okay? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, and it ends up being like a distraction. Um, and I'm always like, you do you. I think as long as you communicate with who you're dating, like where you're at, like all is fair, you know? Yeah. I specifically set up my dating profiles to like really like make it clear, like, look, this is kind of where my headspace is at. This is what I'm on this dating app for. If you're going to swipe on me, you pretty much know. And if they, it, I, my first question would be like, did you read my profile? Yeah. If we matched or anything like yeah. that, just to make sure. Cause I like, I didn't want to, I don't want to deceive anyone. I don't want right. to, you know, but I mean, at the same time it's like loneliness hits hard and you know, and when you don't know who you are and you're lonely, yeah. it's like a double whammy. So it's like, what do I do? Yeah. So you just, you try. I guess. Did any of those women, though, because I know women, sometimes they hope they can change a guy. Did any of those, like, they, they're like, yeah, I read it. Like, that's okay. But then later on, you know, um, they're sad about it. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't get that impression from anyone. There was one girl that we did, I did kind of form a connection with, and it kind of turned into something more than we both expected. And we were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because we were both, like, in the same headspace. And we were like, this is getting pretty we were getting pretty close and we both kind of didn't want that we knew we didn't want that but we kind of liked it and so we kind of like after three months of hanging out we were like whoa whoa we just need to be friends and so um we've maintained a friendship since then but um yeah that was the only one 
With healing, you said you read a lot of books. Uh, did you do anything else? Did you go to therapy or anything like that? I, I did go to therapy for a while. And I went to a, like a Christian therapist that I found in Huntington Beach. And we were talking on our weekly basis. We did about 12 sessions together. And she ultimately told me, she was like, look, there's nothing else I can do for you. And I was like, okay. And I didn't quite know how to take that. Um, but I just said, well, if she can't figure anything out that's wrong with me, then I'm I must look deeper like myself. So I also encountered a, a little bit of a health crisis uh, in between this time too. So I, our divorce happened April 2017. It was kind of like finalized early 2018. And then mid-2018, like my skin started getting really irritated and I've been using like a cortisone cream and my body got dependent on it. Long story short, I went into what's called topical steroid withdrawal. So my focus went from healing my heart to having to heal my body because my body was literally like, it was like eczema head to toe, but like a thousand times worse. Like it felt like I was living in fire and being sprayed with pepper spray all day long. Um, couldn't find any comfort or relief. And the average recovery time is like three and a half years, four years. Once you become dependent on the topical steroid creams. Wow. So my focus had to shift. And it literally took all of my, it was life consuming to, uh, to focus on healing my body. And so my heart had to take a little bit of a pause. It's just been recently, like in 2000, when, when COVID hit, there was a lot of time, downtime. And that was when I kind of picked up the reins of like, okay, let's get back to healing you, healing your heart and getting, getting you in touch with who you are, what you want and where you want to go. And can you date again? Can you see yourself getting married again? Like, Mm -hmm. can you trust somebody again? Like that was a big, that's a big thing that I'm still trying to answer the trust factor. Do you have guy friends that you talk to about this? Uh, In your men's group, your high performance men's group, or do you guys just talk more business and like fitness? So I'm in a couple of men's groups and uh, some are mostly business focused, um, you know, family relationship, date night kind of focused, but it's rare that we get to dive deep into a specific issue. Well, no, one group I'm in, we do have what we call like the man in the middle, where if you're dealing with something or trying to process something, you get to just like oh, have the floor for like 45 minutes and then everyone kind of gives you what they heard and what their experience is. is. But no, about this specifically, I'm pretty open. I'm probably like, I talk a lot. Um, but no, it's not, not with a lot of guy friends about it. Okay, well, I have a couple that have been around me since I moved to Orange County that know the whole situation, but it's been like talked over a couple months, you know, a couple years. What about female friends? Female friends? Yes. I had a female roommate that moved in when I moved to Orange County. We became best friends. Um, she's super like open and like big personality. And she always asked me questions like, how are you doing? She could pick up on my energy. So if I was like not feeling like giving off a good vibe, like she'd be like, what's wrong? Like, let's talk. Mm. Um, and so that was really, really helpful for me, just having having her around because it, it, like, yeah, she she just always tore the Band-Aid off. And if I tried to hide, she'd be like, where are you? And she'd shine the light on. I'd be like, come, like, talk about this. Let's get it out. So, yeah, I talked with her a lot, a lot. Well, it's always helpful when someone creates a safe space. And also for me, when I had trouble being vulnerable, when I was younger, it's like my friends really had to pry. 
And then that's when I would start talking about, for me, it was just talking about dating in general. You know, I just think I had um, shame around it. Like, is there something wrong with me? Or, you know, because I'm good at like other things in my life. And people, I think they tend to assume like, mm. oh, like, of course, this person has no trouble with it. But I'm like, I don't want to talk about it unless they really gave a safe space and would call me out on it. Then I would feel a little more comfortable talking about it. Yeah. But I think it's really important to have that, um, or a good therapist, um, which I learned sometimes it takes a while to find one that matches well with you. I think sometimes, well, it depends on what you need too. Cause I think, I think for therapy, it's good to, um, sometimes if you don't know what you're feeling, which I have, like, it takes me a while. Like I didn't know that that actually bothered me. Mm-hmm. So that's how you've, start to heal, right, is you have to acknowledge, oh, my gosh, like, I'm hurt, there's pain here. Yeah. But then it's also a balance of, like, coaching, too. Like, now what, now what can I do about it to move forward? I think we need both in order to heal and move forward and start to do things differently. Yeah. As well, yeah. I see that. Since you've been dating, have you noticed that you have any patterns with dating? <laughs> patterns with dating? So, yeah, well, I took, like, 2018 I dated, and then I stopped completely. Um, and then in 2020, what are we in 2022, 2021, I got back on the dating apps. Like my skin started to heal a little bit. I started to feel like, okay, you know, I wasn't like just looking like a monster anymore, which is great. So I put myself out there, um, and I met somebody and it was kind of crazy cause it was only the second person I met. And I knew that I wanted to date with like more a serious intention, trying to find someone long term. Um, and we clicked right off the bat. And we had our first date on, I think, a Friday night. And then we had our second date on Saturday night and our third date on Sunday night and then Monday. And then it was like, wow, we're like, we're a thing. Like, okay. we're off the apps. Like, I'm done. So that worked out good. We ended up being together almost a year, which was really, really like, comforting and healing and peaceful for me but at the same time it was also it triggered a lot which um caught me by surprise because i thought i was like okay well it's been three years almost like i should be good i don't have any triggers but like being in a relationship having the expectations of like okay well what do i when am i supposed to call like whenever how much time are we supposed to spend together like Mm -hmm. it just kind of was getting a little overwhelmed um and I also, like, there was a lot of shame about going through a divorce the first time. Like, if I'm going to be with somebody, I wanted to make sure that I didn't, like, I didn't miss any red flags like I did previously. And so that was one of the biggest, like, takeaways from my first marriage was, like, what red flags did I miss and not do due diligence on? Because could I have prevented it? Like, what, what happened to me? And, like, yeah, she did what she did, but, like, at the end of the day, I'm responsible for what happens to me. Even though someone else did it, I can't, I can't always blame her, right? I, have, I had a huge contributing factor in guiding her to whatever decisions she made. So I, the biggest takeaway for me was what's my responsibility and what can I prevent in the future? And so being in that relationship in 2021, just really kind of just like, I was always in like analytical mode, like, okay, is this the same as my relationship? Is it different? How is it different? Well, how do I, how do I control it? Like, and I kind of was like in my head a little bit too much and it just, it, it didn't land a hundred percent for me. And so I ended up breaking that off with just a, just under a year of us being together. Um, 
and I'm not quite sure that was a, the best decision. I'm still still grappling with that, to be honest. I, I'm like 99% sure, but that 1% I think about every day. Did you talk to her about this, like the stuff that was going on in your head? Like It sounds like kind of like anxious thoughts. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I did bring it up. There were some, there were some things that we didn't quite align with. And I did bring it up one point, like three months into our relationship, I brought it up and I was like, I just don't know if this is for me because I felt all that anxiety. And I was like, I just, it's, it's kind of getting to me. I just, I think, I don't know if this is right. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, let's work it out. And she was very understanding. And I was like, okay, well, that's really cool. Like she's wants to hear my side. She wants to give me grace. I was like, this is cool all right well all right maybe it's me maybe i'm resisting so let's give it a shot so we went another three or four months and i i felt that anxiety build up again in me and i was like but there's something there's still something here i don't quite know how to articulate but it's just not clicking 100 so i brought it up again um and this were now we're like seven months into the relationship and i was like i I don't, don't think this is for me and she's she again was completely understanding, completely like wanted to communicate, heard me, made sure that she understood me. And I was like, wow, this is like really like, dude, this is definitely you. This is a you issue, Luke. And so I was like, maybe you're not just being open. Maybe you're not opening up to this relationship or the possibility that this could be it. Like this could be your, your, your number one for the rest of your life. And I was like, so let's dive in deeper. So I dove in even harder trying to just like, ignore the fact that there was something there, but I just tried to push, push, push. And so I, I like invested more in the relationship into, the, into us. And yeah, ultimately it just, it still wasn't clicking a hundred percent. So I don't know if I communicated with complete accuracy, everything that I was feeling at the time to her. And so we hit this moment. I was like, look, I, I just, I'm sorry, but I don't, this isn't, this isn't clicking and this isn't, I don't see this as my forever right now. And yeah, she was upset and I feel bad because she didn't do anything wrong. Um, but like, and I feel like I don't want to say like, I had no intention of like having those triggers or getting to that point in the relationship, but it definitely, it happened. And yeah, I still wonder if I made the right decision by leaving or not. (laughs) Yeah. I, well, I ask about if you've told her because that that's something that I learned when I was dating because I didn't do it well where I when I would start to get anxious or something the thing you should do is lean in and talk to that person or tell the person and you're never in control of what the other person's going to do or say right which is the scary part but I think a lot of times looking back I'm like they had no idea like I didn't even give it a chance basically by not sharing with them what I was feeling. And if mm-hmm. I could have redone it, I would have just told them like, like we're about to go out right now and I'm feeling like super anxious. And the right guy would respond to that really well. Right. And I just, I did not know how to do that back then. Um, I know how to do that now. <laughs> like my husband hears everything, like probably more than he wants to know, like as soon as I'm feeling it. But I think- What was the steps you had to take to kind of become comfortable articulating your real-time feelings? Yeah. And not like waiting to fully like, okay, was that really what I was feeling? And kind of get out of the analysis part and just go, blah, here's what it is. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. Part of it is who you're talking to. And my husband gives such a safe space. Like he is the least judgmental person and you just feel it. Like I, that's why I chose him. It's like, I feel like I could be me. 
yeah, and not judged for it. He gives like such a safe space, and I'm I'm like I'm so thankful for that. Where other people, and it could be personality types too, you know, where it they might have accepted it, but it's just like I just based on my upbringing, it was just like I was such a sensitive kid, and I always had trouble mm. with that. And so it took a specific person, um, my husband, you know, to make me feel really comfortable doing that. But even before I met him, I started to communicate, you know, my truth. But I, I still had that, um, I think, discomfort with it. Like, it was scary, but I would still push myself to do it. Yeah. And maybe it felt scary because intuitively, I feel like I'm pretty intuitive. I, I can feel whether they would receive it well or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just to have, I'm like, you know what, if I want to create the relationship of my dreams, I'm going to have to do this. If I don't, it's going to be either like a superficial relationship, which is not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Or, you know, so I'm like, this is what I'm going to have to do. So I started doing it and I scared a lot of guys away, you know, which is, you know, it sucks. But I'm like, you know what, they're not for me. And it's super disappointing. That doesn't go away. But I think I had done enough healing where it didn't, it was disappointing, but it didn't shatter my world anymore, where it used to shatter my world, where mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not good enough. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm a failure. You know, all these things. I could be really hard on myself. So well, talk about vulnerability. I mean, every time you exercise this new way that you want to be articulating your feelings in real time and saying, this is what it is. And then people are leaving because they're not the right person, but you don't know that at the time. So it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this because it's driving everyone away. And so... I can imagine that inner dialogue is probably challenging to just keep sticking to it and just trust the process that ultimately, if you keep doing it, you will put yourself in front of that right person. Yes. Yeah. And it does get better. And it's a balance too of like, there's a difference between communicating and taking responsibility. Like this is just what's going on versus pushing your emotions onto someone else. And I I used to push my emotions, it, it's pressure, right? Like, yeah. it, it doesn't feel good. Like, I've been on the receiving end of that. does not feel good, you know? Or, or if there's any sort of, like, lack of self-confidence or, like, desperation, you know? In general, people don't respond as well to that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had to work on self-love, building my self-confidence. And eventually it did get better where I, I got rejected once. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I sat on my bed and I didn't. I was disappointed, but I'm like, this is the day I've been waiting for where, like, my world doesn't come shattering down where I feel like I'm not good enough. It was just like, I'm so proud of myself for putting myself out there. And he was he was really honest. He was very sweet. He's like, you know, I think we're just friends. Like, I was like, okay. And I'm like, this is, this is what I have to do. And it's kind of empowering that you realize it's up to me. As long as I do this, I can have what I want. Yeah. Right. And it's just with love. That's, I think this is the, the tricky part is it's, um, there's less in your control because there's another person and their emotions. So it comes when it comes, right, in its own timing. But my whole goal was just to work on feeling good. Like, no matter what was going on around me, whether I was in a relationship or not, I'm like, just focus on feeling good. Because similar to you, I would get in my head about stuff. Yeah, well, and like, I like what you're saying. Like, you were waiting for that moment when you got rejected, but it didn't crush you. And that's one thing, like, to me that, like, brings up a thought that, like, Lately, I've been really just trying to focus on who I am and just being Luke and not having that dependent on anyone's, it's not reactionary to anyone. So if someone doesn't like me, no big deal. I like me. And if somebody doesn't want to communicate or if somebody makes me frustrated, 
big deal. It's like it, I don't take things personally anymore, and I don't let it change how I react. Like I try to or think about it, look at it for what it is, and then respond. And yes, I still care. And just, like you still care. Like you said, the guy was really sweet, but it just didn't work out. And But just learning how to be comfortable with you rather than trying to earn attention, earn love, or get somebody's like attention to listen to you, like by like you said, dumping your feelings and and maybe just pushing them because you want to just poke them and hey, pay attention to me. Um, and just I've really learned in the last five years to really let that go and not have to qualify myself to anyone. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're speaking to high performers. This is why we're good at a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And it makes us excel in work and other things. But it stems from feeling like you need to earn things. Like, I have to earn love. I'm not good enough. And with... (laughs) <laughs> with creating like a healthy relationship, you don't have to earn it. Like you can show up as you. And I know that's so annoying when people say like, just be you. But that <laughs> yeah. it is the truth. And you think about like who, like for me, like who did I shine with? Like when I was single, it's like my good girlfriends. You know, I could, I feel like I could be myself. Yeah. And their husbands too. I'm like, their husbands love me. Like this is the version of me that I like where I feel like I could be me. So I kind of use that as... um kind of a blueprint like this is kind of how you should feel you know when you're dating and with the right person so that was kind of helpful for that's me. a really good that's a really good awareness though piece though like just realizing who, who like when I'm around these people or these people or this group or this team or whatever who do I like being the most yeah. Because you can, like, as a high performer, you can adapt really quickly to whatever the vibe is in the room. But that's not always staying true to who you are. And so learning how to just always have that anchor of who you are with you, you can still take on the activities of that group or the mindset of that group, but you still never deviate from the character traits, the morality, the integrity yes. that you built within yourself and, and that self-belief and self-confidence. And I love that. I, I do feel like not that many people have... That. I don't know if I'm just seeing that through my lens, but like that integrity and staying true to who they are that um, you hear the word like authentic a lot, but mm-hmm. um, especially on social media, I'm like, are you authentic? <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> me being judgy. But like in the coaching world too, I've seen people like on stage who are phenomenal on stage and then we'll see them like living out of integrity, cheating on their spouse. I'm like, mm-hmm. why am I going to take your advice? Like you suck. And th- there's that more than I would like to see unfortunately, but you always, you know, you find your people. There's a lot of fantastic people in this world too. Yeah, that's true though, but you you can, there are people who are one person on stage and another person off stage and whether they're running masterminds and, you know, for me, like that was like my marriage. Like I thought I was with one person, but it turned out to be another person. Right. And so one thing that I'm really just doing right now is just trying to trust that the more like truthful I can be to myself it will put me on a certain vibration that will attract the same people to me that operate on that same kind of level of integrity, same level of truth, um, same level of self-discipline, self-control, and, and the desire to grow. And, I, you know, you just kind of have that element of faith in there that you'll, you'll be brought to those right people. But you always, like I'm also learning, you have to question and you can trust, but you got to verify everything. Everything. Yeah. With dating now, what are you looking for? Oh, dating now, I'm just looking for a woman to show up. 
Like, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but um, it's been, I've been on the uh, on a couple of different dating apps. I tried this one called Kindred Spirits. I tried this one called um, Summer. All these like kind of ads pop up on Instagram and social media. And you're like, okay, cool. It seems like, you know, this is the new one. So you tried that. I tried Upward with Dating Christian app. And then most recently I jumped on Hinge. <laughs> Just to tell you a little bit about my experience, one girl asked me for gas money to meet on our first date. Another girl talked to me via messages um, for two and a half weeks, and the day we were supposed to have a date, she got jumped and had $6,000 stolen from her. She was stuck in Dubai. She needed $1,930 to uh, get back, and then she was paid me back when she got here. Um, <laughs> then another girl, we set up a date, and we were going to go, and she texted me, and she's like, hey, I just want to let you know I charge for the evening. And so I was like, what is going on? Like, this is, not what, this is not what dating is supposed to be. These all actually came from Upward, the Christian dating app, which is crazy. But ever since I've been on Hinge, it seems like, I don't know, when you asked about patterns earlier, I guess one of my patterns is, is like, I'm kind of, I guess I call it old fashioned or old school, but it's like, I want to, if, if we match, like, I want to instantly get to the date. I want to instantly, like, how fast can I get to know this person in person because it really is challenging for me to like communicate via text messages and really like get the humor and, and show my humor and show who I am as a person with a paragraph or two. And so I'm like, hey, we matched. Cool. What's your schedule like? And I think my pattern is probably just trying to go straight to like, how can we go for a walk on the beach? How can we have dinner? How can we do something fun and just get face to face? Because that's where it's like we're going to figure out like, okay, the energy is there. Yeah. The, the attraction's there. Um, I've noticed that photos can be misleading. <laughs> I've also noticed that profiles can be misleading. And so it's just I want to get to the real thing. And I don't mind going on dates and meeting people, but it seems like there's a it, – it's not – reciprocated and there it seems like there's almost like a little bit of an uncomfortability for that I get from women from going straight to meeting some are like yeah let's do it but it's the minority what's the age range that you put on the dating app uh I'm going 25 to 40 25 to 40 do you find that the younger ones are the ones that like to text more and and don't like a phone call (laughs) Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's almost considered like rude, like if you want to call them. I, yeah. I have some female friends. Actually, they're they're older. Everyone, everyone's just different. Okay, that's the hard part here too. Is like, I, I had a friend who she um, she's talking to some guy on an app, and then he, I guess he she gave her number, and then he FaceTimed her, and she she wouldn't pick it up, and she was so like mad. She's like, I don't have makeup on. That's so rude. He didn't give me a heads up. I'm like, he wants to talk to you and he's willing to show you who he is. I'm like, I think that's a good sign. I'm like, you could say like, hey, I'll, I'll call you right back. But she's just, she just didn't even want anything to do with it. I'm like, I don't know if you're ready to date. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, I, I think everyone's just different. You know, I, I have heard that people like to text to death on the apps. Yeah. Which I think if you are a person who likes to get things done, you just kind of want to get to the point. Which I remember when I was dating, I found that really refreshing when a guy would just like want to call and like, because I don't like my time wasted either, right? I'm not here just to like text a bunch of people, right? (laughs) Like the goal is to go on dates. And then with the, um, I'm sorry, you were saying with the the chasing, we were talking earlier about women who, because I had a previous guest on my show, 
uh, Twas, she's married, and there's this thing with females, like the masculine, feminine, about like women shouldn't chase, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think people hear that differently, and I wanted to hear your take as a man when you hear, you know, a woman say like, you should not chase. You, you never need to chase. Like a guy will make it known and very clear if he's interested in you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I heard that episode um, when I was probably getting ghosted by someone who wasn't responding on, <laughs> on Hinge. So I was kind of like elevated emotions. But yeah, the, the chase thing is interesting to me because what it feels like on the dating apps is that if it, it feels like so many women are putting themselves up in this tower like Rapunzel and they've got this moat with the alligators around them and then they've got a fence of barbed wire around them and then they're just like waving their fingers out the door or out the window but they don't want to show everything and then they expect it seems like they expect me to jump the barbed wire fight the alligators climb up this tower and they don't even want to throw down their hair and show anything to um give anything to fight for and so it's like I get the feeling of not wanting, not chasing and kind of having like some self-respect and not like just doing whatever. But I think it's a fine, I think it's a fine line of like showing, like how do you show interest in a man, but not chase, right? And I've seen it done well. Like I couldn't, I can't articulate how, but like it. Can you try to articulate how? Yeah, so like there's this one conversation I had with the girl and like we were we were texting and then she she immediately just volunteered some information. She goes, "Hey, you know what? I I really like how you said this on your profile and I really like how you called me right away." And to me that's not chasing, but it showed me interest and there's definitely been other conversations where it's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" or you know, and they'll reach out and I guess that's considered chasing. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, that, how do you, how do you articulate what's chasing and, and, and why does it? Yeah. Okay. So, well, so in the, the episode, I think the way we saw it is it's pretty clear when someone is interested in you, it, it's when, cause I've done this before too, when a guy clearly was not that interested in me and then I would keep chasing the mostly unavailable ones clearly, you know, and I'm like, if I'm trying to create a long-term healthy relationship, that is not a person you should be mm -hmm. pursuing or chasing, you know? So that's how I, um, that's how I understand chasing. But I do agree that women need to, in general, have more empathy for men and also communicate better in, um, yeah, so it's not like one way. I, I do think a lot of women, they expect the guy to do everything. You know, it's one thing to start the conversation, but it's like playing tennis. You like you have to hit back too. It's not just like, yes, no answers. Like you need to engage back. And I think that there, I don't know if it's a skill, but I to me it's pretty simple to show someone that you like them, unless maybe the woman has trouble being vulnerable as well. Maybe she's been hurt a lot and... Well, has like, walls up that that's not uncommon so let me like this has happened multiple times in the last month um where i like someone on hinge and then we match and i make it a point to immediately respond right if i get i got the notification on so if i get it i go wow hey you know and i say something unique or something specific about her um and then a couple of days will go by without anything and they literally just matched and i re respond within three minutes and then days go by so I go, 
So then I like, I'm just, I'm trying to protect my time too. I'm not trying to chase or like, you know, bend over backwards and like go too far. But I'm like, so what I do now is I just go, Hey, look, it doesn't seem like you're as interested in meeting someone seriously like I am. But if you do want to continue this conversation, like, please let me know. But otherwise, good luck. They start responding right away. And it's like, well, why, where were you the last three days? And I've even done that same, like, hey, it doesn't look like you're serious about meeting someone. Uh, I am. So, like, let's part our ways and best of luck. So many girls are moving. Oh, I'm sorry. I was moving. And that's the only response they say. They don't go, how about we get together next week? Yes. How, about, yeah. how about we talk on the phone? How about you, here's my phone number. That like to me, that's not chasing. No, to no, me, that's, that's just chasing. common sense. Contributing if you're to it, yes, a well, relationship. Like, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just like a a man, and I'm too simple. But like, if we match, doesn't that mean you looked at my profile? Doesn't that mean you saw like some of the prompts I put up there? Doesn't that mean you kind of already decided that you're interested? It's so interesting hearing this from a man because I normally hear the complaints from women more of of matching and it like not going anywhere and and maybe because I'm talking to women more but it's it just seems that because the apps are so convenient people are not as mindful about mm-hmm. it it's like you know so I've been hearing that more and that, that people that's are not frustrating as part about apps is like but yeah like I follow up with every match I'm intentional with who I match with who I like um there's a specific reason why I said yeah I like this photo or I like this prompt I like this about you um and so I guess my assumption is that if you match with me you've kind of done a little bit of like you at least looked at my six photos and my three prompts and my my height and where I live and all that stuff but it's just it boggles my mind how many don't respond after matching, and then all of a sudden when I'm like, yeah, all right, peace out, uh, good luck, then they all start responding, and it's weird how it reels them back in, mm. which is confusing. But then again, it like the conversation piece. It's like they'll come back and tell me what they've been doing, why they couldn't respond, but they don't yeah. further the conversation, and it's I like, see. okay, great, I'm I'm glad you were moving. Wow, okay. Life is busy. I get it. Okay. Life is overwhelming. Okay. But it isn't that way for all of us. Like I'm still trying to, okay, well, when can we, and I try and give another opportunity, but it's just, it's weird. It's, it's very, it's very frustrating. (laughs) I can see that. And yeah, that does sound right. Like just, um, just say if they need to reschedule or something, maybe just throwing out like house next week or something. You know, I I actually had another um, single guy, my friend Rob came on and was saying that a lot of times, you know, a, a lot of females would cancel, but they wouldn't say anything about like rescheduling. Like he feels like he just has to do everything. And he's like, to a certain point, like, yes, it's in men's nature to pursue, but at a certain point it comes off as disinterested that I don't want to pursue you anymore. Yeah. Two girls have canceled. We, we set up dates. Two girls have canceled the morning of because they felt ill. Okay. Totally understandable. But neither one of them followed up with a, like, well, I'd still love to see you. Or I'd still, you know, maybe later this week when I feel better. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I, I two girls said they were moving. And two girls have said life is just overwhelming right now. And so they need two weeks before we can actually meet. And it's like, why are you on a dating app then? Mm, yeah like and so it's like i don't know there's there's 
Well, because you're efficient and you're to the point and not everyone <laughs> is. So it sounds like what you're looking for is someone who is maybe similar in those ways. They respect their own time. They respect your time more direct. What about meeting people in person? I would love that. But like, I guess I don't put myself in too many new situations where I can meet someone. You know, so it's like um, I'm going to work, I'm working with clients, I'm, I'm traveling here. And it's like typically like a routine play. And so it's like I don't get myself in the situations where I could actually meet somebody. But I, I'm like I'm trying to figure out creative ways to date because I love to date. I love meeting new people and I get excited about what could transpire and you know what I might learn about somebody and what somebody might reveal in me. And like, you know, just like the possibility of chemistry just happening is, is exciting to me. And so I do love the romantic idea of finding somebody in person yeah. and not doing it on the app. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. That was, that's how I felt about it. Um, when I was dating, I was on the apps, but, um, I was open to, I'm like, you know what, if he's here, he's here. I don't get, like give a fuck like how I meet him in the end I just want to stay open but I ended up getting meeting my husband organically really just what I wanted yeah I was waiting for an uber um in Venice Beach and it was as organic as it could have been yeah so I like, yes that. I got my I got that story that I <laughs> yeah. it's it's a thing it's a thing I don't nobody wants an app store how did you guys meet on an app on an like, app yeah but a lot of people do because I, I used to photograph weddings over I'd say over 50 percent of the couples met on the apps yeah so it, I think it's, you know, if you go into it with a positive, you know, headspace, because they could get overwhelming too. I usually tell people if it starts to feel like frustrating, you don't want to be on it, I'm like, take a break because yeah. it's, yeah, don't go down that. Yeah. Yeah. The apps. It's a very interesting way. I don't think it's the healthiest way to start a relationship off a firm, like solid foundation, at least like hinge i've been told like maybe match or eHarmony, where it's like you have to answer a lot time. more questions and you're yeah. a little more invested it's a little like i don't know what the price is but if you're investing a little more like you you know that person's as, as serious. serious as you yeah. are whereas like a hinge it's like okay you can start it with an email and a phone number and you're good to go mm -hmm. like how much do you truly care about meeting somebody and i've been asking myself that question too it's like well maybe i'm putting not maybe i'm not fishing in the right pond you know maybe i'm i'm looking at people who aren't really serious about meeting and maybe I need to analyze that myself and oh. go to places where people are genuinely interested and not there to waste time based off how much information they have to give, how yeah. much money they have to pay for the app or the, the dating service or whatever it is. So that's a, it's a question, question that I've been at asking myself. Do you work out, like go to the gym or any classes? Uh, I run every day. Okay. I do two and a half miles every day. Um, currently on a streak of like 252 days. No, 552 days, sorry. Um, and I work out three days a week, weightlifting stuff in my garage. Oh, alone. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, because I was going to suggest like logic, right? You just put yourself around more people, either gym or like yoga class. I tell my guy friends, like if you're open to yoga, the women in there are beautiful. They take care of themselves. Like that to me makes sense. And if you're a female, like you'd go do things like, play beach volleyball or something if you're like into that you know there's tons of guys that play beach volleyball i i definitely i see, i see where you're coming from and i agree with that and like i love going to yoga classes and other gyms and, and that's usually when you do meet the most people but is it not weird for like like for me to go to a yoga studio with the intention that i might meet a female there even though i like yoga 
right? I, I like yoga and I like enough. doing it. But that's enough of a reason. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I could ever approach a female at a gym like that because, like, I'm going there to work out. Yeah. I'm assuming she's going there to work out. And yeah, it's like, okay, everyone's, hey, what are you doing afterwards? Let's all go get a drink. Like, I get, I know community happens in yeah. gyms like that. Yeah. And, and fitness facilities, but it's like, I don't know. There's a, there's a huge story for me where I would never approach somebody in in a setting like that. (laughs) No, I get what you're saying because it can come off like creepy or your intentions are, right? But I think if you're, you like to exercise, right? So you're there to work out. But I think just meeting people, not necessarily to date, but just like you go to meet people because like the times that I've built community and really connected with people, not necessarily romantically, it's been like yoga class, dance class, and I love it. Yeah. And I just think meeting people, just like even if you don't go in with the intention of like, I'm going to ask people out, but you're just meeting people and maybe it's like their friend or something like that. It's just staying open. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to go to yoga class and, you know, meet some cool people. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I can see that. But there is, there is a line where it could be creepy. Like, oh, Absolutely. he only comes here to look for women. Like, and I don't get the sense that that's really you. Like, you're no. not that creepy guy. No, no, I definitely. But it's, yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It's approaching, approaching women in, in, in general, there's a huge, huge resistance in me just to do that in, in, in person anyways. Oh, I was going to ask, how do you normally approach a woman in person if you see? I don't. You should. It, <laughs> is it, maybe it's just me, but it doesn't seem like it's welcome. Oh, okay. I actually just did a video on this of like how to be more approachable and also how to give men green lights to approach you. Because that makes that such would make a difference. That all the difference in the world. It does. I'll, I'll send you the link, but it does make a difference. Um, and I totally get it because I think women can be too hard on men. But I'm like, well, imagine you, society puts the pressure on you to go up to someone. And so you experience rejection because not every person's going to say yes or, yeah. you know, or like you, right? I'm like, that can take a toll. That could be really scary. I wouldn't want to do that, you know? And so I empathize with having that pressure of going up to someone. So I think if someone, I imagine, made it a little easier for me, like smiled at me and, you know, held that smile or just like said hi, you know, and I, that's what I... But women don't chase. The, but is there that, is a high that a chasing? is not chase. No, a high is not a chase. That's okay. just, To me, okay. well, everyone's different, right? To me, that's just a signal like, hi. And I swear to God, that goes a long way. I've had it done to me with men as well, the boy there's like, hi. And it, we like, you know, like a relationship, blo- a conversation and then a relationship blossomed from that. But it was just the acknowledgement of like, hi. And it's so simple, but I swear to God that it works. But I, I usually tell women like a smile helps a lot. And your body language too, like being warm. Yeah. You know, because that's a huge thing that I think a lot of people aren't aware of. It's the littlest things, you know, I'm like your shoulders. Like you could tell when someone's like closed off and they don't want to be spoken to where I'm sure you've met women who they just have this like light about them and you could just tell that whether you go on a date with them or not, that they're just warm and that right. they would receive it well if you wanted to have a conversation. Yeah. If I get the in, if you give me a green light, there's no problem there because I know that it's welcomed. But if I don't get that, then it probably won't happen. I probably won't approach. Do women ever approach you? 
They have to. Like, you're super handsome. There's no way. If you're like, if you are open and you put yourself in enough situations where you could be approached. I can't say, I can't say yes on that one. Really? Yeah. You, I, you're probably just not around enough people. You're like running. <laughs> no, I mean, stop you. yeah, my schedule is pretty routine and, 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 you know, I do go out with my friends sometimes, but it's like when I'm out, I'm like, I'm with my friends. Like if maybe I'm oblivious, could possibly be, maybe I'm oblivious, but like, I think it's very attractive when a woman initiates. I think it's so attractive for me as, as the type of personality that I am. Because, again, that, like what you just said, it, it gives me a green flag. And so as long as I get that green flag on the get-go, either whether she's like, hey, you're cute, let's talk. Or, hey, if she just gives me the high or if she's a little more aggressive with it. I mean, I welcome that at all times. But, yeah, um, I, can't, I can't recall a time... Is there such thing Recently. as like too too aggressive? Can one be too aggressive? Too aggressive. Yeah. What if she's like, <laughs> like, do you want to go out on a date? Like, do you want to be the one that asks her out on a date specifically? Well, no, I don't have to. Okay. I definitely okay don't. But okay. I mean, too aggressive. So like we talked about ping pong a little bit with communication. Yeah. So if she's aiming at me and trying to hit me with a ping pong and knock me over, maybe that's a little, little bit aggressive. She's hitting hard and she's teeing me up so I can give okay. it right back. And like we can start to in, entertain like flirting and, and like, you know, getting to know each other. Like bring all the intensity you've got. But if you're just coming in hot and you're not reading any of my social cues, ah, you're not okay. reading my body language and you're just like, whoa, like <laughs> smothering me right off the bat, yes, it could probably be too aggressive. Okay, got but it. But if, if, if you know how to place that, that intention right back so I can just boom, and then we start, you know, going right yeah. into it, I, I'm all about that. Okay, that, that's a good explanation. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, because the intensity, I... I actually used to make that mistake. Like, <laughs> one of my friends told me, my friend Jake, when I was dating, he's like, I think you come off as too intense. Not that I was actually asking the guys out, but it's just the way I would show up was really intense. And he was right. I'm like, you're right. So I had to be aware of that and kind of relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm most attracted to, like, to, like, to women who are very self-aware and they do read cues. Like, that. that that it almost makes me more attracted to them. So if they come up and they notice that like I'm kind of leaning back and then they continue to lean in, mm. like I'm like, oh, she's, she's aware. Like those little subtle okay. subconscious things go off in my mind versus, you know, if, if she comes up and she's like not making eye contact and she's like looking everywhere else but me and she's just trying to like nudge me on the arm and be like, you know, I get she's trying to make a, like, an, like a, give me a green flag, but I don't know. There's, there's, there's a lot of things that I look at when, when I'm being approached, if I've ever been approached. It, that seems like uh, emotional intelligence. Yeah. But also, it, it just comes off as intelligent in general. I can tell you're a very smart guy, so I think you want someone who's very intelligent and um, sensitive. I think it's the awareness, right, that they, yeah. can, they can read people. Yeah. I mean, I went, on a, I went on a date, and we had matched, and we had chatted, and it seemed like it was going well. And we got on the date. And the entire three-hour communication that we had was everything about what she knew. 
the book she's read, the topic she's an expert in, her job, all of these things out externally that she was aware of and she wanted to share with me. Totally get that. But I didn't learn anything about her. She didn't seem to mind that she wasn't giving any personal information and she didn't ask me any questions about who I am or, and it's our first date. She was incredibly smart. She read three books a week. Like I knew, I knew all these details about her life, but I don't know anything about her. And it's like, so yeah, is it emotional intelligence where it's like, I want somebody who's aware of that rather than me having to go, Hey, so, um, so why, why did you come on this date with me? Like, do I have to reel it back in? Do I have to control the conversation? Like, like I said, like, I don't want to play ping pong with somebody who doesn't know how to play on the other end. I want to play with somebody who's, who matches, who matches you. you, Right. So it's like, I want to, so I'm aware of those things. And so I want my partner to be aware. And so those are the things I look at. Like I pay attention to what they talk about, how they carry themselves, um, or where their eye contact goes and then what questions they ask. I didn't on that date, the three hour date, I didn't get asked what I did until 15 minutes before I left. And I was like, um, it's midnight. I'm going home. <laughs> like it's too late. Like you missed your opportunity three hours ago, oh, you know? God. So I don't know. I have one more question. Does it matter to you what a woman does for a living? Do you want someone who's pretty driven like yourself? No. Okay. No. No. I think the most important thing is that she's doing something that fulfills her and makes her happy to be honest. Okay. Some kind of purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just, I guess purpose, for lack of a better term, but just um, she needs to enjoy it and she needs to, like, you know, choose, have chosen it for herself, which is really important to me. But no, what she does does not. Doesn't matter. As long as she's happy with it, to be honest. Okay, that's great. I think that's a misconception that a lot of high-performing women have. I uh, like to remind them. I'm like, men don't see it the same way that we do. Because we do look at those things sometimes. Like, what you know, what does he do for work? Is he a purpose-driven man? And for us modern women, I'm like, that's more for you and your peers. You don't lead with that. Like, mm. you lead with your heart first. Like, that's not what why most men will choose their partners like oh my gosh she's the ceo of this company like they don't talk like that we might talk like that sometimes but they don't there it's men look for different things especially the um like entrepreneurial high performing men they look for something different yeah no that's interesting i didn't didn't realize that that that's more of a a thing for like that women actually look for and consider it is so no, like my job oh, yeah. title on, on the dating apps really matters? It's It doesn't matter, <laughs> but it's something that we do, we look at. Like, oh, what does he do for work? Where men, it's not the first thing they, they look at. Like, oh, what does she do for work? You know, you're looking more at beauty, her heart, you know, <sighs> things like that. Where it, it is a, talked about with girlfriends, we do look at those things. I do feel that pressure sometimes, like when you're, you know, like trying to convey that you are financially secure in on a dating app that you you know where you're going in life you know who you are and you know what you want in a few photos and a few prompts and i do feel that pressure sometimes like well is this photo like really showing that i have like financial literacy and is is this really going to make her feel like she could trust in me like i could protect her am i showing enough muscle here (laughs) like like (laughs) those thoughts sometimes go into my head but it's like but then that's like that's pulling me out of that character again and like 
not being true to me. Like, I just got to remember, just be true to you and just show who you, just show who you are the best way you know how. Yeah. And trusting that the right person is going to find it. But yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about all this. It's so much fun. I, I definitely want you to come back. I think maybe when you meet a person, oh, when you're boy. in a serious relationship, <laughs> I would love to follow up and see how things are going. I'm, I'm game. Let's do it. And I'm pretty sure that you might get some DMs after this podcast airs. Please. Please. <laughs> I will inter- I will, I will, I'm looking for somebody who knows what they want. Awesome. Okay. So if people would like to reach out to you, where's the best place to do that? Uh, the best place to find me is probably on Instagram at the fit model. Awesome. Well, I wish we had more time, but thank you so much for coming on and being so vulnerable and sharing your heart. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.